Yacht A, my relatives, hello. This is Mark Charles, and it is Friday, June 30th, and I am sitting down with my second cup of coffee. Um, I was not going to do a second cup of coffee today because I wanted to try and get some writing done, and I spent most of yesterday doing stuff with my Patreon site and recording a bunch of videos. And so I wasn't going, I was planning on not doing a second cup of coffee today. But with the three recent Supreme Court decisions, the two, the one that came out yesterday, and then two more came out today, as well as the Navajo Nation uh, case that came out uh, a week ago, I thought, and the fact that the 4th of July is coming up, I thought we have to talk about some of these things. So anyway, I'm on live with you, and I want to talk about the Supreme Court the Declaration of Independence, and the U.S. Constitution. But uh, before I begin, let me do like I always do, which is acknowledge that I'm speaking to you from lands that were traditionally um, inhabited by the Piscataway. They are the hosts of these lands. And I want to honor the Piscataway as the indigenous peoples of the lands where I'm living. I want to thank them for their stewardship of these lands. And I want to just state how humbled I am to be living on these lands today. I see Shantina is here, Yat A Shantina, Mr. Phil Fox, good afternoon. Thank you for joining. It's good to see all of you. Um, yeah, thank you for uh, your greetings and your blessings and for the land acknowledgements that you put into your posts. I'm glad to have people here with me. Um, I'm gonna share, so if you follow me on, on, on social media, you'll know I put out a tweet this morning already. Um, and uh, as I, the, I, one of the first news stories I heard today as I was preparing for my day was uh, the decision that came out from SCOTUS this morning regarding LGBTQ. And the case that was decided was for a, a graphic designer in Colorado who wanted to go into the business of making wedding websites, and he did not want to make websites for gay couples. And so went to court and the Supreme Court decided that, yes, he does not have to make, uh, he does not need to make um, websites for gay couples. And right, this is a very problematic ruling uh, by the Supreme Court. And then yesterday, obviously, we had the case regarding the affirmative action where they ruled that universities no longer can use race in uh, factoring uh, as a factor for admissions. Um, and then on top of that, we had the case from last week uh, that I talked about regarding the Navajo Nation and the Supreme Court that decided uh, the U.S. did not have any responsibility for the water rights and even reassessing the water rights of uh, the Navajo Nation in spite of what was written in the treaty. So I wanted to talk about all three of those, but let me just share the stories with you here. So what I what I tweeted this morning, and I put this already onto uh, the link, is I said, SCOTUS is issuing opinions exactly like we should expect from the highest court of a nation whose Declaration of Independence refers to natives as merciless and savages, and whose constitution still uses 53 gender-specific male pronouns, and keep slavery legal in prison. Again, if you read the news today, if you watch the news, if you listen to the news, you're going to hear several things. 
and you will see either people celebrating or condemning the incredible partisan nature of the Supreme Court. Now, I do not deny that the Supreme Court is absolutely a political entity. Um, it has both a left and a right, and the judges are essentially appointed. They're nominated by the, the, the president, but they're appointed by whoever's in the majority in, in the House or in the Senate. And judges are absolutely political figures who are prone to being lobbied and influenced by billionaires, as we're hearing right now, as what's been happening. So we need to just understand we have a very political Supreme Court, and we have to stop pretending that it's not. But um, so there's going to be a lot of screaming back and forth, both today and throughout the weekend, about how we need to get more liberal judges in there or we need to continue packing the Supreme Court with conservative judges so that we can get the rulings that either the left or the right wants out of this. But I can almost promise you very few people, if anyone, is going to be saying the problem is actually not the judges, right? The problem is what's written into our foundations. That's the problem. And until we address it there, and I, the reason I wanted to jump on this is we are coming up on the 4th of July. And then the 4th of July, we celebrate, right, the Declaration of Independence. We celebrate this document. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, right? We're celebrating the, the, the freedom that was fought for and won from European colonial nations. But we don't acknowledge that 30 lines below this statement, all men are created equal, this very same declaration refers to natives as merciless Indian savages, right? We don't acknowledge that. We don't acknowledge that we have this constitution that begins with these words of we the people, but 30 lines are just a few lines below that statement, right? Article 1, Section 2. We never mention women. We specifically exclude natives. We count Africans as three-fifths of a person. If you read through the entire constitution, you will find that there are 53 gender-specific male pronouns who this constitution is written to protect, who can run for office, right? We have blatantly racist, sexist, and white supremacist foundations, and we've never corrected that. We've never fixed it. Even the 14th Amendment still specifically excludes women. So specifically excludes natives. Just 2020, right? Virginia ratified the ERA. But because that amendment had expired, the deadline had passed, it didn't become the 28th Amendment. And so we have foundations that literally, if you read them, right, that never mentioned women. It was written specifically 51 genders or 53 gender specific male pronouns. He, him and his repeated over and over and over throughout the Constitution. So if you want to know why. White male Christians 
in Colorado can sue and say, I don't want to serve members of LGBTQ, IA2S+, right? We, why do they win that? Because the Constitution literally was written to protect white men. That's what it was written for. That's the purpose of it. We've never corrected that. And so we have these fights back and forth about the political partisanship of the Supreme Court and one side over the other is trying to stack the court with their judges that will rule in their favor. But we don't ever deal with the foundation that these opinions are coming from. We don't even acknowledge them. And so until we do, right, until we actually fix the Constitution and remove the racism, the sexism, and the white supremacy from our founding documents, our Supreme Court is only going to get more and more and more political and more and more and more partisan. Because that's the only solution. Right? The Republicans learned this decades ago, which is why they stacked the Supreme Court with conservative judges. That's what they did. Right, And this is why Democrats are considering expanding the court so they can stack it with liberal judges. Because the only way that they can get what they want without fixing the foundation. And neither side is interested in fixing the foundations, right? They actually like the fact that there's this racism, sexism, white supremacy written in the foundations. And they both use it. Both sides use it. Absolutely. But when they can stack the court with their judges and rule in their favor and overturn other laws and change things around, that becomes much less permanent. And so they can keep the status quo, continue to play good cop, bad cop, and never really fix anything. And so, right, if, if this is what I want to talk about today, because this is the entire problem with the 4th of July, with the Declaration of Independence, with the Constitution, is the root of the problems, right? The reason the United States of America struggles with things like racism, sexism, and white supremacy is not in spite of our foundations, but because of them. It was written into the document. And we don't know what to do with that. We don't know how to, how to wrestle with that. And so... I wanted to just give you this perspective because, and I already, <laughs> I've already said this numerous times personally to people around me, right? You're going to hear screaming. Absolutely, you're going to hear screaming from both the left and the right. Applause, screams, cheers, you're going to hear it. Social media is going to be lit up with it. The, the, the commercialized media, news media, it's going to exacerbate these tensions and, and, and give out quotes that are going to make people want to just rip their hair out. And it's going to be a mess for the next week or so. But no one's going to want to wrestle with the underlying problem. And very few people are even going to be able to bring it up. And so I wanted to get on today. I haven't read the opinions. I've read articles about it. 
and I've, I've, I've looked at them pretty closely and I have a general sense of what all the opinions are saying. And I'm going to take some time again. I'm, I'm hoping next week uh, I'll be able to talk more about after having read the actual opinions, but I'm, I'm putting in some stories right now regarding all three of these cases. I put in earlier the one about, uh, um, the LGBTQ, and then I just shared one regarding the affirmative action, and now this is another one regarding the Native American water rights and treaties. And, right, the problem with all of these is, is not that the judge is too conservative, are the courts too conservative, are the courts too political. The problem is, is what's written in our foundations. And if we want to really fix these problems, we have to fix our foundations. We have to fix what, what is beneath and what our court is actually deciding on. And this is nothing new, right, for people who followed me. I mean, I, I was talking about this stuff for well over a decade. And I even when I ran for president in 2020, one of my solutions to what we needed to do as a nation was not that we needed to pass another amendment, not that we had to stack our courts or do anything else like that. We had to edit our Constitution. And I actually put a draft of the Constitution up on my website. It's up on my website. The, the name of the article that I put up there is titled, um, let me get it here one more time. The name of the article I put up says, what if we struck racism and sexism from the Constitution of the United States, actually abolished slavery, slavery, and added two simple words articulating a value for life? And I had gone through the Constitution. I read it. And I was so appalled with all the gender-specific male pronouns, with all the blatant white supremacy and, and racism that was in it, and a complete um, lack of articulating any sort of value for life at any level, right? I thought, we have to fix this. And so I went through the Constitution with a strikethrough font. I went through it, and I just write every gender-specific male pronoun. I strikethrough font. I took it out. Let's replace it with a gender-neutral pronoun or a proper noun. Right? The clause that says keeping slavery legal in prison or excluding Native Americans or counting Africans as three-fifths of a person. I, I literally just took that out. Let me show you. It's on my website. I'm going to show you the, the, the page to the link I just shared. Um, but I'll, I'll, and I'll scroll through it here and let you take a look at it. But, um, yeah, if you, if you look at this, hold on just a second. So if you look at this, I want to just scroll down to some of the places. So again, Article 1, Section 2, representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states which may be included within this union, including to their respective numbers, which shall be determined by adding to the whole number of, and we have free persons written in there, including those bound to service for a term of years and excluding Indians not taxed and three-fifths of all their persons, right? I just put a strikethrough font. Let's just say the whole number of persons. Let's take out free, and let's take out this whole clause that says including those bound to service for a number of years and excluding Indians not taxed and three-fifths of all. Let's just take all that out. So the... 
Constitution just reads by adding to the whole number of persons, period. You scroll down, right? We'll see more of this. It, it became appalling how quickly I saw where we needed to edit this, right? Section 6. No senator or representative shall during the time for which he was elected, right? Let's take out the he, which they were elected, right? Let's take out the male dominance there. Section 7. Every bill which shall have passed the House of Representatives and the Senate shall, before it becomes a law, be presented to the President of the United States if the if he approve, he shall sign it. That's what it said. Let's change that. If the president approve, the president shall sign it. Let's take out these two he's here and replace them with the proper noun, the president. But if he, is what it originally said, shall return it, then um, with his objections, again, let's take that out. But if not, the president shall return it with the president's objections. Right? These are just simple edits. And I went through the entire Constitution. Again, the president appoint approved by him or disapproved by him. Let's take that out and include the president. Again, I'm not changing balance of powers. I'm not changing checks and balances. I'm simply taking out the racism, the sexism, and the white supremacy. Let's go down to the amendments, right? Amendment 13 is the one I talk about most frequently. We look at Amendment 13. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime. Wherever the party has been duly convicted shall exist. Let's take out this clause. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction, period. Let's just abolish slavery permanently, right? Now, the funny thing is, is most Americans, most U.S. citizens believe that the Constitution advocates for equality and, and liberty for everybody. They think that's what it says. They're generally surprised. I, I told people throughout my campaign, if you think the Constitution was written to include everybody, get into a diverse group and read the thing out loud, right? You will be appalled at how quickly the Constitution turns racist, sexist, white supremacist, and very, very, very divisive. And so again, by proposing these edits, I'm not changing the checks and balances, the balance of powers, I'm merely actually making the Constitution say what most people think it says already. Now, these edits are not going to change things overnight, right? They're not going to change things overnight. But what they'll do is they'll absolutely make our Constitution more firm. It will remove, excuse me, remove the racism, the sexism, and the white supremacy and now we'll have to go back and revisit all of the previous opinions that were based on these things, both implicitly and explicitly, that it said he, or it said excluding natives, or Africans is three-fifths of a person, or slavery is still legal here. And we have to, we'll go back and have to correct all of those opinions because now they are unconstitutional. We actually won't even need an ERA. Because why? The Constitution literally does not use gender-specific male pronouns. 
So we can truly say, yes, this thing is meant to apply to everybody. And it's quite shocking and even appalling and slightly humorous. We haven't done this before, right? There, there's not a corporation in the world running on bylaws written in the 1700s. They couldn't exist, right? They would be sued. But we are running a nation based on bylaws, based on a constitution written in the language of the 1700s. We've never updated this thing. We got to do that. And now, right, if we can make those changes, now it's going to actually require judges to think much more intentionally about these opinions because now it no longer leaves both either implicit room for implicit or explicit bias based on gender orientation or race. So that, again, that's just one of the things we need to do. And the other thing, and I, I, I've said this numerous times, and actually uh, Judge Kutanji Jackson Brown referred to this in her dissent regarding the, the, uh, the, um, affirmative action case, right? And I've said this before, the U.S. Supreme Court, most of the judges have no clue of the history that they're standing on. They have no clue, right? Judge Justice Kavanaugh demonstrated that when he wrote his opinion regarding the Navajo Nation and water rights case, where he glossed over hundreds of years of history influenced by the doctrine of discovery and completely left out the ethnic cleansing and genocidal policies of Abraham Lincoln, which is why the Arnavo people were put on a reservation in the first place after we removed down to Bosque Redondo and ethnic cleansing didn't complete the job they were trying to do. Completely ignored that history, the ethnic cleansing history of the United States of America. So, right, and this isn't surprising, right? Harvard loves to declare, declare that they produce so many numbers of Supreme Court justices and Harvard Law is like the, the pinnacle. But Harvard is one of the most colonial kind of, there's a, if there ever is a university that has its head stuck up its butt and doesn't know how to actually advocate for the reality and, the, and, and, and get out of the colonial nature of its foundings, it's Harvard University, right? So yes, it produces brilliant, but intentionally ignorant lawyers who don't have a clue about the history of the United States of America. And they demonstrate it, right? All these Harvard Law students who go to the Supreme Court demonstrate it year after year after year after year. So we have to we have to have a different standard. Harvard Law is not a good standard. They that kind of, that university is way too colonial. Has 
it's rooted too deeply in the colonial history of the United States of America. It is not able, has not been able to effectively separate itself from the colonial history which it's rooted in. And so we have to have a different standard for what the pinnacle of a law degree is. It's not Harvard, whatever it is. I can promise you that. It's not Harvard. And we have to produce judges that have a much better grasp of our nation's history. And again, we have to create nationally a common memory. The quote I use over and over and over again, where common memory is lacking, where people do not share in the same past, there can be no real community. If you want to build community, you have to start by creating common memory. Our Supreme Court justices don't even have a common memory of the history of the United States. Even the two black justices on our court don't have a common memory of what actually happened in this nation's history. We have to teach our history better. We have to acknowledge and wrestle with what we've done as a nation. That's the solution. We have to edit our constitution and create common memory. But because we're not willing to do that, the solution, the two-party system, which is intent on maintaining the status quo, the solution it's going to continue to feed us is we just have to make the Supreme Court more and more political and more and more partisan. That's, that's the system's solution to this problem. And that's those solutions are both laughable, laughable and pathetic. And they're never going to get us to the point where we need to be. So yeah, it, it, for someone who's read the Constitution, who understands our nation's intentional ignorance, the three rulings that came out recently and that are going to continue to come out of the Supreme Court are not in the least bit surprising. This is exactly what you would expect from the highest court of a nation that to this day has over 50 gender-specific male pronouns in its constitution, that to this day celebrates a declaration of independence that calls natives merciless Indian savages, and that to this day has a constitution that keeps slavery legal within its prison system. This is what we expect from a nation like this. This is what a nation like this does. We have to fix it. If we want to fix it, we have to be willing to go so much deeper than the two-party system and the commercialized news media and our politicians want to go. Anyway, those are my thoughts, my relatives. I hope this is helpful. I welcome you to share this. I'm going to be doing something else on Monday regarding the Declaration of Independence. It may even be kind of similar to this, but I want to talk more about just what is going on um, 
with the 4th of July. If you're interested in reading some of my writings regarding the 4th of July and, and our foundations, I've actually consolidated most of my stuff onto a, a single page on my website. And it's just 4th of July posts by, by me. And there's some YouTube videos, there's articles I've written, and there's blog posts that I've written, and they're all organized in one place there. And you're welcome to go there. You can share that. Um, and it, it's a it's a, a one place where you can look at almost everything I've written regarding the Fourth of July. I also want to remind you that today is the last day to purchase uh, on Selling Truths on my website and get free shipping. Uh, the free shipping I've been offering throughout the month of June is going to end tomorrow, and so uh, today is the last day that you can order a book from my website and get excuse me and get free shipping on it. So you're welcome to do that. And uh, if you want to take the conversation deeper, as I said earlier, I spent pretty much the whole day yesterday having different dialogues, recording different videos and doing different um, Zoom calls with members of my Patreon site. And uh, if you want to be a part of those deeper dialogues, you can um, absolutely find me on Patreon and join one of the tiers there where we're bringing the dialogue much more deep. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Thank you, my relatives. I, I hope you find these things helpful. Uh, let me actually look through the uh, through the comments and see if I've missed anything by anybody. Um, Oscar, hey, thanks for being here. Cherry, thank you for being here. Um, uh, uh, Obsolete Elite, thank you for your uh, support being here. I appreciate everyone's uh, willingness to take some time to talk about these things. And uh, yeah, let's edit our constitution, create this common memory, and let's actually learn how to walk in beauty with ourselves, with one another, and with this world that we live in. Ahyahat, my relatives. Hakonat.